Welcome to the party, pals. I'm Phil Gawthorne, action movie screenwriter. And I'm Liam Billingham, movie podcaster. And together we host Die Hard on a Blank, a podcast from Sugar23 that explores the influence of Die Hard on action cinema. In each episode, we'll talk about one major action movie that was released after Die Hard. Now, some of these movies take place on a bus. On a boat. Or even a roadhouse. Uh, sure. The point is, these are action movies that couldn't exist without Die Hard, and its DNA is everywhere. Die Hard on a Blank is a celebration of action movies and a deep dive into the ways that Die Hard shaped the action genre. So if you're a casual fan or an action movie Die Hard. Ooh, very nice. Then Die Hard on a Blank is for you. Yes, you personally. Our first two episodes, which are all about the original 1988 masterpiece Die Hard, drop December 21st, because Die Hard is a Christmas movie, wherever you get your podcasts. Phil, do the line. Now we have a podcast. (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. I'm, wait, what's that noise? What the <laughs> fuck is that noise? Did you not realize who you were? Uh, no, I, 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 I'm, I'm Liam Billingham. I'm George Fragopoulos. I'm Michael Carroll. <gasps> and? And this is... Wavery Busters. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. We gotta change the name of the show. Uh, this is Uber Busters, and Michael Michael Carroll is drinking the red wine. Liam, the red wine. What are you drinking? Yeah, uh, I, fi- I finished my my bourbon, and I which I'm having coffee at eleven twenty three p.m. Well, listen, you got to have some kind of salve to get through uh, the movie we're talking about today. Some kind of uh, <laughs> something to distract. And that film, what what film are we talking about today, George? So we are talking about 2016's Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. And I got to say, by the way, I was like, wow, 2016. This film is only four years old. It feels that I know it feels like a million. It feels years like it's old, so. Right? Much fucking older than 2016. And that's not just because I've been stuck in my apartment for the last two months, but it just feels so antiquated. Like, I can't believe Justice League... Can we can we save the hot takes for the only conversation? Came out, I'm, these aren't hot takes. These are just facts. I can't fucking believe Justice League came out a year after this, too. But anyway. Justice League... Yeah, I didn't... I've never seen that. Um, you know, generally at this part in the show, we introduce uh, our guest co-host who is michael carroll with a bio that the guest co-host provides but michael carroll oh, did not provide I a bio oh i see a thing <laughs> that says banter i'm a man shrouded in mystery you know there's not a lot to say <laughs> well let's let's know. save it for the end when we talk about your yeah, that sounds perfect. when you when we yeah. talk about your burgeoning podcast um mike uh how are you doing though you're good I'm good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm surviving, um, you know, the world's upside down. Um, uh, let's see. Um, we were just, but to what George was saying about, uh, and what you were saying about hot takes, um, I did want to preface this episode cause I know normally, uh, at this point we kind of jump into a plot summary, but I think it's kind of important to say that, um, this, uh, this is an interesting film for me. It's not, um, Consumer Report, uh, it's bad. Um, it's um, still weirdly uh, canon for me in a lot of ways. Um, it's an important movie. It, it is an important film um, in a lot of the ways because that kind of it came out the year of uh, Trump's uh, election, and everything, and and I think it just kind of explores a lot of like fuck, just the fuck. rot gut feeling that I think a lot of people. Um, have uh you know walk around in when they look at the world and i think it you know it's corporate art um very much so more than a lot of these other films that were what that you're talking about this season but i think this one in particular um really gets to just something really ugly and nasty that um articulates it better than i think a lot of other films um a lot of better films. i i think to jump on that uh, one of the things that we we don't talk about enough on this show is acknowledging the journey that George and I go through watching all the movies in a certain order, and, um, and what a journey it is! I I gotta say, guys, and we'll 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 do the plot synopsis in a second, but I am burnt out on superheroes. 
good God. Oh yeah. Um, George, why don't you, why don't you, oh yeah. Oof. I'm, George, why don't you read the I'm exhausted as well. I will read the plot Batman synopsis. v Superman. Please do. Yeah. Are you exhausted? Are you okay? Do you need anything? As much as I can figure it out. By the way, this film at some point also, because we had just talked about all the president's men at certain points. I was like, this film's. Yeah. I watched all the, all the president's men and Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice this week and the town in the same night. I'm like, this fucking, f- oh, this sorry. fucking film is so goddamn convoluted at certain points. Um, okay. Yeah, agreed. Batman vs. Superman begins with the destruction of Metropolis, um, which is actually scenes that take place um, or that we see from Bruce Wayne's point of view uh, from the 2013 film Man of Steel. Maybe a better movie than Definitely this Definitely a better Maybe. movie. Shut the fuck up, Liam. Wayne Industries Metropolis Sorry. is destroyed. Don't know if I agree. Um, and one of Bruce Wayne's friends is killed. And uh, Bruce Wayne just kind of like quickly flies in to check out and see what's going on. The opening sequence is kind of very 9-11-y, which I'm sure we can kind of talk about the film very, then. Very, it's very good, I think. Yeah. Very heavily. I think it's yeah. actually pretty, pretty the good. The film then moves good. forward 18 months in the future. Good. I think Liam saying 9-11 was good there, by the way. We should isolate that audio. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, that's uh, getting that's fucking edited out, you the asshole. The film then moves forward 18 months in the future. Superman is both feared and worshipped. Bruce Wayne mistrusts Superman. And Clark Kent hears about Batman's actions in Gotham and begins writing negative articles about him. We're then introduced to Lex We should Luther say that Clark Kent is actually the alter ego of Superman. Just... It just Wait, spoiler alert. Sorry, what? Shit. Yeah, that we should have also prefaced it with a spoiler there. Um, maybe we can edit that out as well. Uh, we're then introduced to Lex. Can we edit out the, the car alarm that's going off? We're then introduced to Lex Luthor, played by Jesse Eisenberg, who discovers kryptonite in the Indian Ocean, which is kind of a leftover from I think Zod's. that's Mark Zuckerberg. I think that's oh, Mark God, Zuckerberg. What the fuck? Oh, Liam, we're a leftover from Zod's plans. Uh, Bruce Wayne eventually steals kryptonite from Luther to use it against Superman. He also, at this point, steals um, some files uh, that he discovers the existence of metahumans, which is obviously leading up to, <laughs> I know, can you say metahumans without laughing? <laughs> which leads to... Human! Uh, is obviously kind of a precursor to Justice League. He also meets Wonder Woman at this point, but obviously we don't know she's Wonder Woman yet, but obviously we do. Um, yeah, and then Luther like frames Superman for blowing up a whole bunch of U.S. politicians. He creates Doomsday by using Zod's corpse. This is, by the way, seems is only like the first forty-five minutes of this film. Um, Luther then kidnaps Clark Kent's mom. Is it forty-five minutes? I I get so lost when I think about the timeline of shit here. It's a complicated. Luther then kidnaps um, Clark Kent's mom to use her as a pawn against uh, Batman because he wants basically Superman to kill Batman for him. Um, They fight and then they discover that their mom share the same name. And that's when they team up to fight. uh, Literally, that's when they team up to fight uh, against uh, Doomsday and Luther. And Superman is killed in the battle against Doomsday and... Uh, Bruce Wayne and Wonder Woman at Superman's funeral. Like, we got to do something. I think we've got to create a league, a league of justice, which is not exactly what happens, but pretty much what happens. And that's how the film fucking ends. Real credits. Very, very quickly, this film uh, stars... Uh, it was directed by Zach visionary Schneider director Zach of Schneider. Dawn of the Dead. I think he is a visionary. I'll say it. 300, Dawn of the Dead. Uh, Sucker the Punch? Owl Sucker movie? Punch. That- Watch... Watchmen, which Alamo? is one of the greatest trailers of all time. Uh, the Owl Alamo. movie, uh, Legends of Gahul. Oh, the Owl. Oh, the Owl, and it stars Henry Cavill as Clark Kent slash mm-hmm. Superman. Ben Affleck, Academy Award-winning writer-director, slash ben Batman. Batfleck, yeah. Amy Adams is Lois Lane. I have a good Amy Adams story I want to tell you guys. Jesse Eisenberg is Lex Luthor. Diane Lane is Martha Kent. Prometheus, Lawrence Fishburne is Perry White. Not Prometheus. Fuck. Morpheus. I, was, I was trying to Fuck. figure out what that, that yeah. up. Jeremy Irons is Alfred Pennyworth. Holly Hunter as Senator June Finch. And Gal Gadot as Diana Can Prince. Just... And Scoot McNary yeah. as Wallace Keith. The great Scoot McNary. Can I ask this question? Whose um, body would you rather have? Uh, ben Affleck's or Henry Cavill? George Fragopoulos. Well, I mean, I mean, in the film, Liam. Uh, I mean, it goes Well, saying. one of them's a Kryptonian. Uh, so probably him. No, I just I, one of them. I just, just mean the actors like jacked physiques because like I'm gonna go with Gal Gadot. <laughs> so you could touch yourself. That's my choice. <laughs> I mean, what, I was asking, what's the argument um, for going with Affleck as opposed to Cavill? Because Cavill is surprising. Younger. 
Affleck is surprisingly. Oh yeah, I guess you're right. But Affleck is surprisingly like beefy in this. Yeah. He he he's a beef yeah. he, he is a very a nice he's always he's been a, a beefcake Batman which which yes. you know um I I appreciated I didn't yeah. appreciate a lot but I appreciate What do you guys that. think What do you guys think of this movie Michael Michael what do you think of this movie I also wanted to say really quickly you're a, it, I'm glad you're here to talk to us with this movie because you can approach it with the degree of gravitas Well I was going to say that there were, also, there were two names um, that were missing from the cast one of them was uh Callan Mulvey who plays the cagey beast. He plays a Anatoly uh, Um He is the cagey beast in name only. Oh, is, is that who he's supposed Th- to be? That's, I mean, no, because he's he's in no way. So the cagey beast was, um, <laughs> what what era of Batman was, was, that wasn't like the Denny O'Neill era, but like, it was like, it, it was like an early to mid eighties, uh, just really oh, like, never heard of this like, character before. like precursor to Bane, like just like, dumb hulking animal that just like an unrelenting force and in this movie he's just like evil russian with neck tattoo and then uh tau akamato as mercy graves who was kind of an interesting um superman like she appeared on superman the animated series as lex luther's harley quinn and basically was they, mm. they were trying to make a harley quinn there uh didn't really take but um like killer the killer midway yeah, through the exactly. movie she dies oh during the hearings yeah yeah um so so you know you you know your shit you know your super, your your comic book, yeah. Yeah. graphic novel stuff, but you also can probably approach it with a certain amount the sense of humor necessary to talk about. Yeah, it. I mean it's it's um it's weird it's a chore um uh but I always kind of I I it, this was my second or third time watching it um it's always like eating fast food um you know I I just sort of it's there and I'm there and and I kind of. Um, I'm kind of enjoying it at the time and then just kind of really don't feel good afterwards. You know, it's it's the type of fast food that like is aspiring to be like a really good meal, but, uh, you know, just doesn't come out that way. Um, uh, it's it's funny. Um, it's like Chipotle. Yeah, maybe it's it's a Chipotle. Uh, I was I would think it'd be more like like it would be like um I don't know some sometimes you have like Burger King is like um, oh this is like a gourmet Thanksgiving dinner kind of or yeah it, like um, Mexican styled something or other and it's just like this gelatinous just like goo and you know um, yeah it's I mean it's a bad film um, but uh, I always tend to get sucked into it um, some of it's because of my own interest uh-huh. in in you know um, what they were trying to do with the franchise. Um, uh, but it just, you know, you always see the contours of like what I kind of want to see there, but I, it never, it never sticks the landing, um, anytime. And every time I've watched it, it's been a little different. Um, if I can real quick, um, I know the first time I saw it, I saw it kind of just straight through. I saw it, um, at the beginning of the pandemic, I got the director's cut, uh, and I watched that just cause I knew we were going to do this and I wanted to kind of give it, no pun intended. I wanted to give it justice. League? Justice, Justice League. League, yeah, exactly. Um, and then yeah. um, I actually I've, I've yeah. relocated to my to my uh, to my in laws, and um, I only had a DVD because they only have a DVD player. And for some reason, this this is kind of a perfect metaphor for the movie. I um, had just got this DVD uh, new, and yet it still had scratches on it. Like I took it out of the plastic, it had scratches on it somehow, um, and so. I, Zack Schneider didn't uh, want you to I watch the to watch, theatrical I tried to watch it. Like, uh, he's a powerful man. I tried to watch it again this week, and I just kept <laughs> doing random scenes at a time. So, like, I kind of watched, like, 80% of it in, like, no particular order. But it doesn't matter because I pretty much know the beats. Like, it's exactly what George just said. So, I don't know. So, George? Um, I, just a quick question also. The, the mm-hmm. director's cut is substantially longer, right? Isn't it like, an, like a half hour longer? 35 minutes yeah. longer. Um, I mean, I, I'm I'm not so curious that I would sit through the director's cut, but I am slightly curious just about hearing what the differences are. Um, my review of this film is, uh, yeah, there is exhaustion all over this film. Just like it's funny too, because there's that one shot where Bruce Wayne goes down to the Batcave and he hits the switch, and the Bat costume appears. And the look on his face is like one of kind of like, ex- yeah, like exhaustion, this face, and like, is this like face disgust. Is like... And that was kind of like how I felt about this film. I, I will say this. There are things about it that 
like Michael was saying, I find like really entertaining and captivating in terms of like action sequences, in terms of like certain images. Um, I like Ben Affleck as he's as great Batman. I think he's I like the best. I love Jeremy Irons. Um, I don't mind Henry Cavill. Um, I like Amy. Uh, I think Cavill's I like good. Amy Adams. Sorry, sorry. But overall, this film is just. It feels, and I think you know Michael could could say a little bit more about this because I'm sure he has theories. It just feels like a, a a film that has like run up against, like when we were talking about the the last Batman film in the Nolan trilogy, uh, Dark Knight Rises. We talked about kind of like the sense of that that film doesn't have any political imagination, mm-hmm. and this film also. Which I still disagree with. This film also feels the same way. Like it has no sense it's just it's not imaginative it's just it's 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 exhausting it's just exhausting it itself is exhausted of ideas and then in turn it exhausts the audiences i saw this movie when it in the theaters on like a sunday morning um and then i rewatched it this week for the show um it took me i had to do it in two sittings because it's quite long um it is not as long as the dark knight rises but it feels longer um to me um i generally when we when we create a document to take notes for this movie i often will write a bunch of garbage and then i'll sort of try to compact like i'll write down quotes i'll write down things that interest me and then i'll try to take that information and turn it into a cogent thought to share with you guys and in the case of this movie i wasn't able to because i think to your point george i don't feel as though the movie makes any connections between ideas it just kind of throws them out there um and i do th- i mean i just i i sort of see what you're saying about dark Knight rises i kind of well i think I, i'm well i'm on record as disagreeing in some ways with you but this movie to me is even more spectacularly unsuccessful at amounting to anything and i think that that's disappointing because i actually think the first i think this movie kind of works until luther blows up the the he, the hearing i think it kind of works until that point and then so like the first hour I'm like, okay, I'm on board. There's things I like about it. There's ideas. There's interesting things, I think, that it starts to set up. And then the last 90 minutes are a fucking chore to set through. Can I ask you something? Seriously, what... Explain to me what Lois Lane was doing in Africa. So this is covered in the director's cut, which Michael can maybe speak to a little better. But... uh, Yeah, Michael, Uh, can we briefly... Uh, Yeah, but can can you answer that question? What she was doing in Africa, yeah. I mean, she was investigating a warlord for um, the Metropolis newspaper. What's not? What's not to go? Right, that's right. She's yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it was. It was. I, I know it was. Like... I, I looked up. It, it was a, a made-up African country. I mean, look. Yeah, it was Ni- 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 Nairobi right. or something. It's like embarrassingly off, similar to Nairobi. Zack Snyder has a, a history of having to like work in you know, um, very menacing, uh, dark-skinned people into his film. And this was kind of tough for him because everyone was kind of, you know, was white. So he had to kind of like get, you know, his signature, you know, um, directorial, you know, visionary directorial move in there. At the beginning. That's what was happening. It just, I, I, at the moment I was watching and I was like, I was like, this sort of somewhat connects to things that come up later. But I was like, I have no fucking clue why this is here. And I, I, and I just point to that scene because there are other there's so many other scenes like that scene. Yeah, it's quizzical. That add up to nothing, mm-hmm. and they're just thrown in there, um, seemingly for shits and giggles. Well, I, I actually wanted to bring this up, especially to you, George. Um, uh, going through my notes here, there was something. Oh yeah, so so a, a good deal of the director's cut, which supposedly makes it more palatable and makes it more. Make make more sense is that apparently it makes it breathe better. It's yeah, like it, it, it really does a little like, bit better. Like that that last uh, the, the the end of it is a real. Uh, it, it continues to be just like a complete bore. Um, but um, a lot of what happens in the first two thirds of it uh, is um, more people on the street, um, citizens of Gotham and Metropolis. Um, and it, so I don't recall seeing a lot of stuff there that like really expounds on anything any motivational stuff. Um, I think they kind of explain uh, that like Scoop McNary's wheelchair that he uses to accidentally unwittingly blow up the Senate 
um, mm-hmm. was has had lead in it, so Superman couldn't see. Yeah, the big deal. Oh, but yeah. like, but like yeah. most of it was most of it was actually like you know, oh, here's what it's like for a single mom in Gotham who's tangentially related to this in some way. But then when I was going through the Wikipedia on this, there was something I wanted to share with you. Um, this was on the pre-production, um, commenting on the influences screenwriter uh, Terrio. Can't remember it was revealed in, in an article published by the Wall Street Journal that the movie would draw inspiration from Nolan's Batman trilogy. Italian semiotician Umberto Eco's 1972 essay, "The Myth of Superman," and and the W. H. Auden poem uh, "Musée de Beaux Arts." Oh yeah, 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 did yeah. I, how badly did I mangle that? I mean, I can't pronounce it either, but sure. that's about the, the fall Which of Icarus. contrasts yeah. the quotidian details of normal people's lives with the epic struggles of the mythological figures. I mean. You could see them trying to do that, but it, it just doesn't. Yeah, this is kind of what I sort of appreciate about them. Like, and again, like, I think that I was, I was thinking about this earlier, whereas, like, I feel like part of the 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 conversations that George and I have continually had about these movies, and I, and I think it, it, I think it's a good idea, maybe, if George, at some point, we can go into this a little bit more when you talk about the political imagination or the political imaginings of the movie. But I feel like I'm, I'm generally pretty comfortable with all of these movies being, like, a variation on a theme. Like, I kind of want my cake and eat it too i mean i kind of i kind of want something new but i also am very happy when they kind of hit the hit the greatest hits a little bit whereas i but i also understand like which probably speaks to a nostalgia which these which these things all have to kind of hit on to make money but i think george you generally want something a little more i think you want what what is good for it which is a more original take on the tale or something new that isn't isn't hasn't we haven't seen before a couple times which i think is a is a good i do sort of appreciate some of the things this movie seems to be doing i don't know if it's doing them well but i think it's worth talking about um i being as this is a batman podcast i'd like to start by talking a little bit about Batman, batman um i like the first 12 minutes of this movie quite a bit um i like I like the very the I like Schneider's variation on the 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 Wayne murder in that I think it matches with the character that we see later in the movie and that like the if the Burton version is kind of like smoky and atmospheric and film noir it informs who the Joker is in the movie and in the Nolan one it's kind of about this petty criminal and this one the murder of Bruce Wayne's parents is so like absolute and like we have no sense of who kills the parents. Like we have this close up of the pearls. It feels like, yeah, if, if this is how this murder played out, of course the person that comes out of it is going to be a cynical, angry fascist that brands people when he catches them. Like, I think that that's kind of interesting. And I like that. I like the take on Batman. And this one is like a cynical, angry, washed up lunatic. And I think Affleck is quite good in it. Well, do you want? Okay, so we're, we want um, to like the, a, the like our our Batman uh, interpretation of feelings now. Yeah, I think so. I think it. I think it works pretty well. I don't think it works in the second half of the movie, but I don't think much works right. in the second half of the movie because I don't think that the pivot, the hinge, hinging on Martha as the name is really just like. Uh, it's it's funny that I actually do kind here. of think that that weirdly works in, in, in a stupid superhero movie where nothing actually really matters like well, that, that, a, that was actually a, kind of like a, a contrived scr- yeah. uh interesting you know touch but um to me it feels very contrived mm-hmm. but i think maybe everything in this movie feels a little contrived yeah. um if i can um uh please so I, up, I work Mike. through a lot of uh um feelings about ben affleck on on a, a, a show uh with a friend of ours annie malamut uh, where we talked about chasing Amy, but it was funny that when we, when you started talking about doing uh, a Batman series, I thought, oh, I should talk about this because this is sort of the other half of Affleck's career that I I find so haunting. So I think Affleck Affleck always comes off as stupid, um, like not really dumb, but just like he, he, he's yeah he's stupid and mean. And I think that his best roles were in Days and Confused and Mallrats. And I think that reality kind of jumped the shark when he became a leading man. Um, I, uh, yeah, I've never actually kind of like thought he was very, he came off as a very, uh, empathetic figure. I think he, in a proper like universe, um, he would just be like the guy who like pants is, uh, Adam Sandler and that would be like, great. So he's like a bully. He should be doing. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, but just like um, all those other guys ended up being on the West Wing, like, you know, Affleck is, yeah. Um, so he's a really interesting Hollywood movie star in a weird way, I think. Yeah. Like just bizarrely famous and like rises and falls. Anyway. Yeah. Um, as a Batman, I mean, he, he definitely like um, it puts a, a same level of like love into it that he did in Daredevil um, in a movie that was just as like, you know, like dead end. Oh, he's right. He right. was Daredevil. Jesus um, Christ. I think this was interesting. I think it was maybe the first angry Batman we've seen on screen, Yeah. Um, which um, isn't necessarily a bad move. I think there's some like it, it, when it does get to Justice League, if Justice League had worked, then he would have kind of been a really good straight man to like zany Flash and like, you know, boisterous Aquaman. Um uh, it didn't work, but you know, I, you could see on paper how it could. Um, but he, but Affleck just kind of makes it difficult to take seriously, you know, because he's supposed to be Batman. Did you just real quick? Did you see the the way back? I didn't see the way back. I've been interested in the, the way new, back. The movie. It, did you like it? It's, he's it's great. Yeah. It's really, really. I mean, it's like if you can get behind what it's doing, it's like it's like it's like perfectly done, and he's he's quite quite good in it. I mean, I'm not like a sports drama mm-hmm. guy, but. No, um, no, no. George, are you watching TV <laughs> while we're recording this podcast? I am, yeah. I'm watching something far more entertaining than, than our podcast. No, I'm actually, I have the film playing in the background, and I'm like looking at one of the only scenes that I actually enjoyed, and that's the, the fight scenes between the two of them towards the end. Oh, I hate them. Well, I, I, I hate did them. like oh. terrible. No, I, I actually bit. like the fight between them. It's, it's when they get I, to Doomsday. Yeah, I enjoyed the fight between them as well. It's when it, when it ends with the Martha thing that's and the doomsday thing where it gets, it turns into a cartoon, but yeah, the fight yeah. between them, I thought was kind of cool. Uh, I, I like Affleck in this. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of actually the highlight for me. And I like the fact that it's kind of this jaded, older, more cynical, exhausted, um, iteration of the character. It's just really interesting to think about also that like Affleck's not that old. I think he was like in his like early to mid forties when this came out, maybe like 41 or 42. So obviously older than, they age him up a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, th- I think, you know, like, he's supposed to be that kind of like age range. But yeah, this is obviously... Yeah, he's older than his father ever was. Yeah, that's right. It harkens It harkens to... Like, this is the closest we'll probably ever get to a live action uh, Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, probably and for the best. I, yeah, probably for the best. Yeah, I agree. But, and, and I think kind of like those touches are interesting because that's clearly where like the older... Um, Batman is coming from and also kind of the uh, the visual kind of um, representation of the character too with the armor and like the bat suit so the the Batman stuff in this for me works the best although I fucking I texted you too and I fucking hate I hate the goddamn origin story why do we need it again we talk the, about because I think it serves it serves to it define the character because we know who he is but it but this is a different take I mean, on the it's, character it's, it's pretty it's, it's pretty shored so up by not. like the uh, by the beginning credits right I mean like uh, was there was there much that yeah it's fast like like I it's I, I think no, that's I, it's only five setting. minutes it's only yeah but it's still it, it's, it's just like it, for me it, it it's exactly it's table setting in the worst possible way like it yeah, yeah. said to me from the very beginning like we have no fucking ideas. <laughs> Right. Well, yeah. Like, no, this movie. You're you're coming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want to blame. And you. and this is and this is why. Like, I'm not saying that like Zack Snyder doesn't have. This is also the difference between like I wouldn't use the word visionary. Like Liam uses the word visionary. I would use the word style. He has a style. No, he's, yeah. He has no vision. Yeah. It, yeah. It is so reified that it it becomes this like. You know, like even like let's say when Three Hundred came out, I could you could look at it and be like, "Wow, that's like it's fascist nightmare." Yeah, no, of course, it's a terrible film. But what I'm saying is like, "Oh, okay, there's something interesting. I've never seen that before. Cool." It now at this point, it's become such a thing that if it had any sort of let's say novelty or power to it in the beginning, now it's just fucking nothing. It's yeah, meaningless. It's, yeah, I mean, I would I'll, argue I'll, that there was never much there. Fuck this film. I mean, like, I'll, hey, what, what if, will, what if we did Dawn of the Dead, but the zombies can run? Holy shit, you know? Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back in the sense that, like, we can sit here and talk about how much, like, I mean, I think that Zack Schneider has a specific thing that he does. I also think that, like, whatever, 
we're still talking about a corporate yeah. product. There's still going to be a ton of control over it. You're not ultimately going to get like a vision from a filmmaker. I think that that is what to me makes the Nolan version so admirable. But like we have to kind of remember when we talk about these things that they are a corporate product. And as such, they're compromised. Yeah, I mean, literally, like, literally like, they're corp- Justice League is like uh, he well, gets is... switched out, you know. <laughs> like, right. Uh, I mean, it, it does speak to I – mean, I think when you think of Snyder's oeuvre, it really speaks to – how empty like um, directors on that like uh, tier of the Hollywood establishment, you know, mm-hmm. uh, are by and large, I or mean, how much yes, they're allowed. To Christopher be. Nolan, you have Tarantino, you have Scorsese, you have maybe two or three other men, um, but like, um, yeah, I mean, there, there's just there never was anything there outside of like some like Photoshop imagery tricks that like were transposed into a narrative that was that were all repackages of something some other right. brand um the, you know it's, it's just talking about him in any sort of auteurist sense is kind of a well i think joke, when you talk you know? about like maybe his end like when you talk about the first few films by a director like a zach schneider or to, you know it's a distinctive thing and then the problem is that it becomes rebranded and we and i think that it's hard for hard in the sense that like Zack Schneider is not going to be like, now I'm going to make my Bergman film on an Island and there's going to be three people in it. Like you can't return to that to a certain extent. So like, no, no, well, he, he had, he had to, no, yeah. no, he had, he had a, um, he had a, was it the fountainhead? He had an Ayn Rand adaptation that he had been touting for a long time as something that he was trying to do. And I think had justice league not been such a fiasco. Right. But my point is that like making, when you're operating at that level, it's not like you're, you're going to be, be able to be that distinctive, if that makes sense a little bit. Like, I just think it's like, was the first time we've, in the, in the arc of the show where we've had to to really reckon with studio product and studio product is not, it's not a Cassavetes movie. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's important to keep in mind. But I mean, I'm I'm surprised that like, even in Schumacher, with Schumacher, you, you didn't feel like there, that like, this is a product of a studio. I mean, like, uh, Batman and Robin, like they specifically like uh, tweaked, yeah, but you know a great deal of stuff to like, or no, I guess it was forever they tweaked stuff like in response to returns to make it. I think McDonald's specifically had like you know input into the script and production and you know. I well, mean, do you the, do the you ever think that like Schumacher, Joel Schumacher made a lot of big movies, but I also think that like. He, to me, it's like they were campy and they what they were. I feel like he snuck he snuck something right, right. past With Schumacher. It was at least like, oh, this is a one for right, them. right, right, right. Whereas you know. Schneider's never made anything that way. I mean, again, it's like I, I sort of uh, maybe he has. I, I, I never sort of feel like way. I've kind of just gone like, like what are at this point? What are we going to get? That's like a visionary or original. We're just going to get like kind of a which I'm actually I think fine with to some extent. Like it yeah. is what it is. I think that that's like I'm like haggard leaning over the computer like it's. <laughs> Right. Okay. So, so, so let me, let me, if I can, can I, can I talk about like my, my take on why, why I think this is an interesting film? Um, It's only taken you 30 minutes. I'm just kidding. I know. I know. This is a film about crisis mismanagement on three levels. Uh, Textually, it's two protagonists uh, improperly summing each other up. There are catastrophic results. Um, The production um, there's, uh, it's, it's, a this DC movie franchise, which kind of faced a really, uh, major threat, um, by the MCU kind of becoming more fully realized. I mean, it, you know, um, Iron Man came out the same year as the Dark Knight, the Avengers comes out the same year as the Dark Knight Rises. So it's not re- you know, like their flagship, um, character kind of was able to like, you know, kind of hinge Can on, I just- Drop uh, something major. in real quick uh, sure. to add to that. The, the, mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. conversations about Batman v Superman happening like a decade ago with Wolfgang Peterson set to direct the movie. Do you remember that? Like, yeah, so yeah. I think it was two yeah, decades ago. So it's ago. been like yeah. in conversation for a long time. And the fact that right, it right, ended right, up right. being and then, yeah. not Wolfgang Peterson is very interesting to me. Right. So then uh, this film, but what I think what's interesting, another thing that's interesting about the production of this film was that there was sort of an arms way arms race with uh captain america civil war right a much better um, movie i remember like yeah well and 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 uh kind of you could argue a much less ambitious film um but um you know at at, at any rate you could see like in the like following the like shitty like um just uh film blogs that just like regurgitate you know um what studio you know uh, announcements are you know like oh there's gonna be black panther oh well then there's gonna be uh wonder woman oh well we have spider-man oh well we have um we just cast a aquaman so you know like um 
the both films kind of had to like steroid. They they're weirdly kind of the same plot, but they had to like steroid up um, and fast. And and one of them felt really seamless. And one of them like. I, I've struggled to remember Wonder Woman is even in this film. I mean, I know it. It's uh, actually kind of a weirdly highlight, kind of a weird highlight of the movie, in my opinion. It's, she does nothing for me, and and I didn't like her film. Oh, I love the um, I love the Wonder so, Woman movie. It's like delicious. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then also um, uh, the milieu, of course, sort of what I was saying at the beginning. Um, this this film uh, is 2016 to me. I mean, I remember at the end of that year when like John Oliver did his like you know, hot take on his show where he's just like, uh, oh yeah, what a shitty year. And um, and I remember like kind of being at that point, you know, Trump just got elected and I was like, oh yeah, it was a shitty year. Like, you know, fucking Ghostbusters like like was like a, a, a weird fiasco and like they're, you know, um, you know just, uh, you know, what, what were the other reasons that that year was awful? I, you know, like- Brexit. Uh, uh, d- Brexit, yeah, I mean, just like just piles and piles of like this is a shitty year. It sucks. Like melees, yeah, and 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 um, yeah, and I feel like this film really kind of like got to the core of it, and in no small part, you know, Mnuchin, you know, uh, we should say I, 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 Axel Rose's bitch. Yeah, Axel, what was <laughs> Axel that? Rose went after him on Twitter <laughs> oh, this they... week, and it was pretty amazing. Oh yeah, it's um, amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, because he's a fucking But yeah, but this is just, I mean, I think to your point, like, this does feel like a very 2016 movie. Like, it's just so heavy and overburdened and... But but also, you know, it shouldn't have been that bad. Like, like, we we struggle to remember, but like, you know... um, in tw- by 2015, I think uh, every, we were all so hot on anything Batman. Uh, Batman that, fucking um, rules, dog. Yeah, Batman. Yeah, and, and like if you're gonna make a Batman movie, like, well, okay, I guess how bad could Ben Affleck fuck? He it didn't up, fuck it up. He's, he's not the problem. Yeah. Ultimately, I don't think anyone is is the problem. I I I agree. I hate this. I, I yeah, I agree with Liam at least on, yeah. on Affleck on this on that. But yeah, no, the film's a mess. Um, but it's funny though too because yes, I do remember. Again, like 33-year-old George, 34-year-old George hearing about this film coming out. And even then I was like, yeah. oh, shit. Sounds like, awesome. Batman Superman on the screen. Like, like that's going to be cool. And even then, I, I don't even know if I had any kind of, if I was totally worried about Snyder's involvement. I don't think maybe I, I grew to dislike him as much as I did afterwards. But it's also kind of just crazy to think that he was given four DC films to make. One of the smart things that the Marvel movies do is that like every single film is to some degree unique or different and it kind of like it does a, those films for the most part do a great job of like again playing the greatest hits like Liam was saying but also transmuting them and changing them from like superhero to superhero film to film so it doesn't feel like you're just watching the uh, same fucking uh, film over and over and over stretch. Um, I mean I don't know that, I mean that, I, not to not to say you're wrong, but like uh, I think you I'll know an it. argument that I've heard a lot of it at, the, at the MCU films is that they they do generally feel very similar. I mean, um, yeah, I don't know. and I like them. I, I I watch them all the time, um, but but uh, you know I, I certainly don't hold them. In, you know, they're the the auteur is the producer. The auteur is the production company, right? And, and so you, which um, I think is an interesting point know, because I. It, DC was in like such panic mode. Like, look how well Marvel's done with these movies. Like, we need to very quickly get to Justice League. Were they in panic mode, or were they, or was it arrogance? I mean, that's that's fair. Right. Like, Ooh. it didn't seem like panic mode. It seemed like it seemed like it was like, oh, it's fucking Batman. Like, these well, I think that certainly the narrative around it was a little like the the industry narrative around it was like, we got to catch up. We got to catch up. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, they had to catch up. Yeah, because Nolan didn't want to make them anymore. And though he is a producer on these, and I do feel like his shadow hangs pretty hard. Like I, I thought in my mind, shadow was a Batman reference, but it wasn't. His his <laughs> phantasm really hangs over these movies in a in a kind of like they feel like bad versions of Nolan movies, where there's also like unrealistic shit going on. Like Nolan would never make a movie with Superman. It's just not his his speed. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to direct that movie. Um, he's not going to make a movie with Doomsday, but he's clearly involved in some way. I think this is the last movie he's credited as a producer on because I think he was probably like, I'm good. Goodbye. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, everyone. It, I'm going to go make, the, I'm gonna the go make Dunkirk. This was, yeah. Like what's, what's interesting is that um, 
is that Ben Affleck left? Is that Ben Affleck just just clearly like kind of wrote out his contract on this and, and that's not how it's supposed to go. Just like Hillary was supposed to win, you know. They've also like moved away from this like world building thing after the fiasco that was Justice League, haven't they? I, I don't know. Like that's, it, it, it's not transparent. I mean, like I, I know, um, you know, the Flash movie kept having production problems. Aquaman and, uh, came out, I, mean, I guess. They made Aquaman. They, they have another Wonder Woman whenever they, you know, put movies out again. Um, uh, you know, the, like, yes and no. I mean, they just did Birds of Prey, which I guess was a Did you see it? People who, you know, it's, I, I, it's I didn't fucking, get a chance to. It's My great. wife saw it. It's She's, great. I watched it last week. It's, yeah. it's like a breath. It's an actual yeah. comic book movie. It's a breath of fresh air. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it, we're going to do a brief little episode about on it on it i think it's great yeah i'm, it's I'm great. looking forward to hearing i loved it say about i really i mean loved it mm-hmm. it's delicious it works really well yeah yeah grimdark i uh kind of i'm looking at my notes here i keep going back to that i mean getting into like what makes this film not work um it feels a little um uh juvenile to even like pick on this film i mean like when it came out there was like a lot of like people picking on it but like it does feel like it's like picking on like some high school students like poetry or something like that like um, oh that little high school student because it's just so stupid yeah let's talk about what might work about the movie is there anything that works for you guys about this movie i do think the motivation the opening sequence of um the point of view stuff from bruce wayne yeah like the man on the street and the way the film does a great job of instilling a certain kind of sense of fear and awe regarding yes. Superman and about the power he possesses. So I think I think I, 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 hate th- that. I think it does I a hate really that good so much. Oh, I, I disagree I, I, totally. Know, I, well, I think it's great. I just think it does a I think it does a good job of that, and I do think kind of again like the um, that opening sequence of of like Bruce Wayne like realizing kind of the power that this individual has. I think that works well. I. Um, yeah, I was about to say something that I hate, but let me just, <laughs> I like that. So that's good. I think that's, that's interesting. I think it conveys that fear well. Um, and there was something else that I wanted to say too, Can but I, I, I could just, I, I want to hear, maybe I, hear Michael say like, why I hated it. Real but. quick, just, I'm with you, George. I like the kind of the making strange of Superman in this movie. Like the idea of being like, can yeah. we trust this guy? Is this guy good? Because Superman for so long, and again, like I'm not a comic book devotee and this is maybe where I deviate a little bit. Like I kind of like, oh, they're doing the costume. That's cool. I don't need the like, I don't need it all to link a lot, link up perfectly. I like the idea of maybe us not being sure if Superman's a threat or a good guy. I think I think that that's interesting. My favorite thing about this entire movie and I think it's great is the t- the white title that says um Metropolis Mankind is introduced to the Superman because it intentionally is calling back to 2001 like it's such a clear 2001 thing that I'm like this feels very appropriate. Like it's kind of this like uber menschy kind of like strange like what the fuck is this reference i wish the movie had leaned into that stuff a little bit harder as opposed to just being this like nihilistic there's there's a need to kind of like update like having eisenberg play luther like this kind of like hip kind of like innovative startup whereas like i wish it had just been like almost leaned into the austerity of being like a, a movie about two myths confronting each other as opposed to being like let's orchestrate this absurd african thing like lois lane is doing this investigation we have no idea what she's doing like i wish the movie had like boiled itself down to a minimalist approach where it's just like two titans clashing in the sky and it would have fucking ruled and instead and i think this is to some extent i love the movies the nolan effect where it's like we have to make it gritty and we have to make it grounded and it's like i'm sorry it's a movie literally about like a god and a fascist fighting in the sky. Like, let's just make that movie. Let's make it 95 minutes long and, like, have it kick ass. The problem is these movies feel this need to be about everything, and I think that sucks. Right. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I, I like I like Superman. Um, and uh, I, let me back up here. Batman, one of the things that makes Batman really work is uh, that he, he can be plugged into anything. Good point. Um, any type of story any type of tone, any type of plot. Um, and so, and Superman can't. So like I'm watching this and, and it really does feel like the, like, um, 
you know, uh, let's murder Barney, the dinosaur kind of thing, you know, uh, it's sort of like I'm watching something like, oh, man, what, you know, if he if he did do like a Barney movie, it would be like really showing like like what a dinosaur looks like or, or like the Transformer, like the, the Michael Bay Transformer films, like really getting into like how um, a car turns into something that moves like a robot, you know, um, who the fuck cares? You know, it's like this is for kids. And um I, I just it just feels really juvenile to take that figure um, who has, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, um, an interesting mythos. You know, um, it's just not for it's just not for a mindset that's like older than like eight, you know, and, and that's fine. You know, like, um, you know, it's like do you guys like have the same beef with like Pixar movies where it's like, you know, like you watch cars and it's oh, just cars like, sucks. Cars well, is a disaster. you know, his eyes wouldn't be on the windshield. Cars. His eyes would be on the, cars you know, is awful. like cars is awful. They're awful. Movies. Yeah. I mean, cars, they're cars like, is awful, but you like, know, it's for kids. They're like, also you know, like sneakily pro corporate nightmarish movies. They're, yeah. I, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Cars is a bad example, to, but you, you see, you get my point, right? Like, but this also goes back to something that like Liam was saying too, which again, I take some, umbrage with about like the idea of like oh it's you just take some what or like oh it's just you a take kids some film. what <laughs> i just joking what was that umbrage umbrage, umbrage. umbrage motherfucker um, i would put umbrage. it in the chat um but just the idea that let's say i i listen i mean like i, I to some degree I, I to some degree i agree with you michael mm. in the sense that yeah okay like these are film like this is a film about an alien mm-hmm. and a guy but who it's just also an american myth. fighting sorry i just wanted to add that in there right yeah but also just that like I feel like those kind of uh, sometimes approaches like um, prevent critique um, or mm-hmm. let's say at least kind oh, of agreed 100%. Yeah, okay. I agree with that. Okay. Yeah. Can, can you expand on that? That's, you know. Well, just the, just the idea. Let's I've say been that, in like, my own um, head with this movie for so long, for like the yeah. last like, week or so. Well, so I'm just. Talk dirty to us, For George. example, like the Pixar, the Pixar example, like there can be, let's say a, you can have good Pixar films like Wally. <laughs> Sure. Um, uh, yeah. Or you could have like terrible Pixar films like Cars, and and that there's also I think, like like the end of Wally, or like the end of Wally, yeah, which where it turns into like a, a kind of fascist parable. Yeah, I don't remember. It's been a long time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Work so, will set you free. Oof, I yeah. don't remember. Okay. Anyway, yeah. I, I'll take your word on it because George yeah. says everything is a fascist for, parallel. It, it's true. Salo <laughs> is a fascist <laughs> parallel. This is great. Dunkirk I, I is a fascist podcast. I'm just generally like agreeing with George all the time. So, but this is also yeah. again like shouldn't have had you on. Like binaries have come up before. So, like for example, like one can say that this, like I could objectively say or objectively, let's say objectively, I could say yeah. like I've ha- I had fun watching fun. This was a piece of entertainment. <laughs> this is a movie that exists, and it, it didn't bore me, but it's still a bad movie. Yeah. And I think like it doesn't like sit same, well with you, you know. Well, I think yeah. yeah, and I think also the same the same thing could be said about like politics when it comes to movies. Like you could be like, this was a great movie. Can, so so but so, can I ask you? This shitty. is probably like a yeah. three season conversation that we've never really had, which is great. So when you say a movie is bad, is a movie bad to you on a visceral level because you're not, it's not well done in your opinion, or, or is it bad to you because you don't agree with what it has to say? Is it it's it seems to be to be for you two levels. Right? Yes. Sorry. For me. Yes. You're talking, talking to me. You're talking. No, no. I don't think it has nothing to do with, I think, what uh, it, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I don't think it has, has very little to do with what it's okay. trying to say. But that's like the political argument, right? Where, like, again, you could, let's say, make the argument that something is a good work of art, even though its politics are fucked example, up or problematic. Uh, okay. The Nolan okay. films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we sure, just sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Sure. yeah. I just wanted to make uh, sure I understood. Um, Death Wish Three, which um, you know, uh, <laughs> Mark with the, which Frank Miller, you know, clearly was leaning on when he you yeah know, was doing his iconic runs. So the reason I was just curious because I think it's to me it's yeah I think that you can it's an interesting thing when we talk about these movies because I do agree with you, George. Even though I have this sort of cynical perspective of like it's a corporate movie, like that does get away from like talking about something from or critiquing something from perspective i just think that there's part of me that when i watch these movies go like it's not like we're getting a vision from anyone because they're so tossed over and turned over and noted and like controlled by an entity that wants ultimately for these things to make money and do it in the least offensive way like there's a it's kind of amazing that this movie exists in the form that it does because it's just so maudlin and so dark and so 
But wait, it's but not. Dark, it's not dark. It's it's that's dark. A, but it's, it's but it's yeah. surface but that's dark. What I'm, you know, and it even ends on. But a, that's like, kind a of what I'm because you it's know, dark, I'm not. I'm not like sitting here being like, God, it's like a Hungarian film. But it's like it's it's almost yeah. unpleasant to look at. Like they didn't. They didn't like. Yeah. I mean, it like it. It's just so like soul crushingly heavy, and yet superficial. That, that I, that's why I'm kind of confused by 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 like you know like um, just like the the um, approach to Superman. You know, um, why watch a Superman movie? You know, like like. Uh, you know, and and not want to indulge in like the the fun, you know, fun. the fun, yeah, the, 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 yeah, the, like you well, guys talked about. You talked with Sean Mannion about uh, about uh, Donner Superman. You know, like why not have like scenes where he's flying with Lois Lane? You know, don't do that exact scene, but you know, just you know, meet the character where he is. You know, it's just it's just. It's just, I think that's a if, the, if yeah. they had something to say, I would I would be kind of you know inclined to give it you know uh it's say but it just doesn't have anything to say it's just like whoa wouldn't it be weird if this guy could actually do this like you know i don't know. um it's frustrating can we talk about uh george we've talked a lot about but about things being reactionary can we talk about what i think is the most reactionary line in all the nolan movies combined with this movie in the universe which i think gets at the heart of the emptiness of this movie there's a moment which I, it's, to me it's so reactionary where Ben Affleck is talking to Jeremy Irons. I hate Alfred in this movie. I think it's a terrible choice. Like, I like kind of the idea of Alfred as like alcoholic investigator, but like he does nothing in the movie. And it's like, I, I feel for Jeremy Irons. I feel for Jeremy Irons. But the f- there's a part, I, I feel, feel for Jeremy And he has a line, Batman has a line that's something like, how many good guys are left? He's like, yeah, Alfred, but how many good guys are left? And you're like, what are you talking about? It has no meaning. What is he referring to? It just feels so like, yeah, everything's bad now because it's bad. And like, at least in the Nolan movies, there's a sense of escalation and like a cause and effect. This movie just drops itself into like yeah, the yeah. sad zone. And, and we're like, I feel like that, that, that line is almost like a dog whistle to like bullshit shitty people who think that, the world is, I mean, and the world is terrible in many ways, but like, it almost feels a little bit like, yeah, gay marriage, that sucks. Like, it's so reactionary. It's so rooted in nothing, but like, shitty people can yeah. hold on to it. Right, like like the history that, that he depicted in 300. You right, know, it's, just, it's just so it's just, empty. Yeah, exactly. and it's, for, it's just Neanderthalic, really, and uh, despairing. And, yeah, that's the thing. This movie's yeah, so despairing. Like, well, how, how do you get pleasure out of it? That's what I'm kind of like, kind of befuddled. You get, get what? By, I'm fascinated by how do you get pleasure out well, of watching? Well, that's kind of what I meant, Mike. I don't think I said film. it clearly, but there's nothing pleasurable, pleasurable about the experience of watching this movie, unless you're like a Neanderthal living in a cave. Right. Did it? Did it? Did did the Batman's frequent use of guns bother you guys at all? It, it certainly, you know, like it, it's just sort of like there there are some basic like constructs of the character that like um, it's so weird. Like they, they he will still have like the pearls flying out of his mother's you know neck uh, you know off of, off of her you know when she gets shot. Uh, it'll fetishize all these all these other all all, all this like minutia but like um something that actually like really has like a lot of like um reverberation for who the character is and has for years and decades and and and, and really like uh the, the dark knight rises chipped away at this too in a way that kind of bothered me but it's just like you know it's and i'm not like an anti-gun person I, you know kind of guns three guns frankly, behind but, you um, it's cr- they're all pointed but just but just for but just for, but just as someone who's a fan of like uh batman you know it's just like yeah no he he doesn't use guns he you know like that's kind of and it's just funny that like this isn't fan fiction this is you know this is time warner aol kind of creating the ur text of what like they are saying batman is as a as an ip um, in 2016, you know, and it's like, oh yeah, no, he, he he'll use a fucking. Sh- There's guns on the Batmobile, and he has a shotgun at, in the end for some reason, and yeah, yeah, you know. It's funny you should also say that fan fiction thing too, because I do remember like one of the hot takes about Man of Steel that um, uh, was kind of uh, interesting was that like after some that that there were that final battle with Zod. Um, like really kind of freaked out a whole bunch of people because of how violent it was in the sense, like clearly like they were laying waste to the city and that there were like a whole bunch of hot takes about like, well, why would Superman be that kind of hero? 
Like, why would he let, like, this city get wasted in his pursuit of trying to defeat this individual? So I think it's one of the things that I also thought was kind of intelligent, at least, about this film is how it called back to that, um, those arguments and kind of incorporated them a little bit into the film It feels very contemporary. It, it felt like market research. It felt like... It, yeah, yeah, it, like, it, fan, it, like it, fan fiction. Right, yeah. right. It felt like, it felt like um, just like um, whatever that new Star Wars was and how Don't it responded to talk The Last Jedi. That, you know, uh, it, it just was just like, uh, yeah, they, they are responding to like, you know, and we were watching The Dark Knight recently uh, and uh, I remember watching that for the first time and thinking, um, oh, they got rid of that Batmobile that I didn't like and you know I mean Katie Holmes God bless her you know Maggie Gyllenhaal's a more compelling screen presence and you know like even that film was like kind of reacting to the you know it's the film before it in the franchise so you know I mean they, they always do it it's, it's, it's an ongoing conversation um, again market research but um, mm-hmm. even then it just feels like um, what, what's funny is that they they kind of muscled through the bad reaction to this film and and uh, still did Justice League. I think um, this movie made some money. I mean, it made money, oh, yeah. but but then but then there were diminishing returns with Justice League. Like like the writing was on the yeah, wall. Yeah, true. Like like people. True, like, true, true. You know, uh, you know um, and and you can see by how tumultuous the production of Justice League was that like the studio could tell the writing was on the wall. And also so, it got, um, you know, that you know. sort of hampered by that terrible thing that happened to Schneider while he was making the movie. And yeah, um, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's ghoulish to, and also, sorry, was suicide squad after it Justice was during I th- what was funny was suicide squad, I think was supposed to be uh suicide squad was, was produced in parallel with, uh, this fucking movie. And, fucking movie, um, man. It was supposed to be like the like. It was supposed to be the like like the real small, cheap like, whatever. But it did. But Batman vs Superman, even though it did as pretty, you know, like I I'll never see money like that. But like, um, it didn't on, do as well know. as was anticipated. So they so they steroidically like did some reshoots and like kind of cut a killer trailer and like you know they had to kind mm-hmm. of pull out a bigger hit yeah that the first trailer for that movie was fucking incredible i was like oh shit yes yeah. this is i want this and then i watched yeah, five yeah. minutes of it on a plane and was like no so yeah, um it's, what it's fine i, I again so i don't what, remember if any uh do you guys can we they just watch can we talk me. about the politics of this movie i thought we did well we did yeah, we did no, no. like what I, do you got i mean i don't i don't really know i actually think it's maybe maybe the fact that we talk about this very reactionary line but like I, in some way, I think it's, I think, and this is not a good thing. I think it's almost devoid of a political anything. I think it's just kind of like, it's, it's sort of like nipping at the chafes of the Nolan movies where it's like, oh yeah, Superman could be bad, but he's also bad. How much faith do we put in these people? Like they spend so much time getting like real news anchors to be in this movie and they, all of them say nothing. Yeah. I thought I I was actually thinking that's a weird, like callback to, um, the dark Knight returns to, to Miller's like iconic dark Knight returns where, where it was sort of, um, the media was supposed to be like a, a, a sort of like Greek chorus, uh, and yet, um, because they can't do anything like low key, like, uh, as opposed to like Tim Burton's 89 Batman, like it has to be like, um, you know, just Anderson Cooper and like fucking, you know, a bunch of like named. Do they get Wolf? You know, Is Wolf Blitzer uh, in the movie? Probably. Who the well, I mean, he's in Mission Impossible <laughs> Fallout, the greatest action movie of the past Liam, uh, 15 years. Um, oh. Liam, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's in it. That's crazy. <laughs> I do that. It's crazy yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. George. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. I was actually I was watching this and I was thinking, oh yeah, that person's been me tooed. That person's yeah, been me tooed. You know, like, like, who got me tooed? I know Neil no deGrasse Tyson of... got me tooed. Who else got me tooed? Oh, there was the the. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll look it up later and put it in the show notes. Oh, it was Charlie Rose. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Charlie Rose is interviewing. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I'll say that um, having listened to the season you guys are doing, you're the um, one. I'll, I'll I'll pause it. Yeah, it's you. Um, my 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 thought has been that um, uh, the Batman film franchise, not the you know, but the film franchise, um, uh, has been just a, a, an opportunity for neoliberalism to have a conversation with itself about how it sees itself. Um, there was, I think, like it, growing up. There's, you know, we're all the same age. There, I think there was like a George is fifty five like, rumor that like I uh well, f- yeah, well fifty five yes. in, in October, please. Yeah, 
that like um, the reason why Batman is the only superhero that we can ever do um, uh, is because in the 90s, like the only reason why the only superhero movies that came out were Batman movies was because, um, you know, it's just it's just too crazy to do, um, so, mm. you know, to do a, like a proper Superman movie or a Guy Gardner movie or, you know, Guy the, Gardner. Whatever, Ooh, good like, stuff. Other, yeah. Um, but you just watch like any like five minutes of any of those Schumacher films and it's just like, oh, no, you could do like, you know, you could make this, um, you know, any fucking uh, superhero like it's got that sweep and it's got that scope. Um, but, you know, with Batman, it is an opportunity for like altruistic, you know, uh, wealthy people to kind of tell stories about themselves and they don't have to center that that's who they are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I think that actually that's very similar to how the MCU works. I mean, that's why Iron Man, in part, why Iron Man kind of, you know, what Batman brings to the table in a DC comic, especially like, you know, in the 80s or 90s, um, as opposed to, you know, is that he's like kind of like a smart guy, a cool guy. Um, but there's just something that's different that like um, in, in the movies um, leading up to this. And then they kind of had to confront that in this film because... Um, you know, there, yeah, there's a, just a completely different tone. And some of that is, is, and sorry if I'm going to, if I'm getting too scared here, but I think that the mythos of Batman is so heavy, uh, you know, and when he's in a Justice League comic, like most of it gets jettisoned. It doesn't fucking matter. You know, like um, you don't really need like the butler. You don't really need like a lot of like the, the melancholy. He's just like the guy who's I'm in rich. charge. Uh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just rubbing in your face. And, and it was just like just a weird like um, fuck up that they had to kind of like really like lean into the Batman like, you know, backstory or the Batman like um, milieu um, because he like I said, he, he kind of just he's a Swiss army knife. You can just put him in a Justice League movie. I can contrasting this film, the, the film that I would counter this with, which I really liked was um, Batman Brave and the Bold meets Scooby-Doo. Um, it, it it's really fun and it's really fun as like a, a Batman movie. Look, I have a fucking two year old, you know, like, um, you know, we, I've been watching and rewatching all this stuff. And, um, I think that it's, it's, it's a very underseen film, but the Scooby-Doo gang has their own like, um, journey that they go on. Batman has to finish a mystery that he, that he had hanging over his head. When is this from? One day's. Like probably 2016, honestly. Um, and it's just fun. Not Diedrich aware of it. Bader. Yeah, yeah. Diedrich. Well, are you guys familiar with the Batman, the Brave and the Bold animated series no. at all? So Diedrich Bader, who was, uh, he was, you might know him from like Drew Carey, and he was like the neighbor in Office Space. And uh, I think he did. Um, he does the voice of Batman and he's a great Batman. He's, he's just a notch below Kevin Conroy. He's just, he's really fun. Um, and, uh, he, he, you almost never see Bruce Wayne. He's almost always in his mask. Um, and mo the premise of the show was always that he was just like dealing with like the expanded DC universe. And so you kind of got to like play with like different, like pockets of, you know, OMAC, the one man army corps is a, is a recurring character. Aquaman is very gregarious and he's really fun. It's a fun show. Um, and, and then there, there one like 90 minute movie that was made for, I don't know, like Cartoon Network or whatever. Yeah. He meets Scooby-Doo and the gang and, and I don't know. It's just like a breath of fresh air. And it was funny because you know, I was stuck in quarantine with my kid and I was in this absurd situation where like we would be watching these cartoons and, um, and I would just be like, Oh God, I can't wait for this kid to go to bed so that I can turn off this show that I like so that I can put on the same thing but with stuff I don't like, uh, which is supposedly more serious. Anyway, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, but that, that again, that answers my, like, or that goes back to my point I was trying to make about, like, it's not necessarily the medium, let's say, or it's not necessarily the, the subject matter, but how that subject matter is represented. Right. So that you could have, like, a, a fucking children's film, children's film, he's obviously putting that quotation marks version of this, but it could be a much better piece of entertainment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, you know, I like that are the themes do not go is not they're, they're not as ambitious with the themes or anything like that. But, but you I, know, um, the themes it goes for it like realizes. Yeah. But again, I think also like um, just going back to the, the, the politics or the supposed lack yeah. of politics in this film that Liam asked about. I mean, I think that's where not to get dialectical about Ooh. it. 
but that's where you that's where you yeah. see the most that's where the film is at its most political the fact that it, it, it supposedly suggests that it has no ideology right um when it's filled with ideology if, if it's an ideology simply of exhaustion and and maybe yeah. some white savior stuff um Oh yeah, tons we of could go on this forever. I think what we should do is wrap it up. But I think it's a very, very bad movie with some with some compelling possibilities never realized. Um, Mike, what's the fucking deal with your podcast? So I've been um, talking about this podcast project for what's it um, called? Well over a year. Uh, this is called Judgment Day. Um, it's uh, um, Judgment Day. Uh, Judgment Day. It's a uh, podcast where um, I have a different guest on every week, uh, uh, and we talk about a series of films that the uh, guest can speak uh, about with a certain amount of uh, passion, and um, we uh, take those three films and compare them to Terminator 2. And the first Um, episode is, the show's not, you're not publishing it yet. The first, yeah. So the first recording I did was with Liam, uh, and this was actually like months ago. It literally took uh, a pandemic for me to be able to like sit down and like uh, make myself. Um, uh, How can we know, get updates uh, on it? How can we people. hear about it? Is, should we follow you on the gram or the Twitter or the? I'll I'll put something up. I'll put something up very soon, um, and I'll have you and I'll, uh, I'll give it to you to put okay. in the show notes. Which films did you discuss, Liam? We did Big Lebowski, we did uh, Chinese Bookie, and we did um, Happiness. We did a nice. Gazara. And I should say, threat. I should say, because I think I brought her up earlier was uh, Annie Malmet. Her podcast. She was she was uh, another guest, and uh, her podcast is Girls. She's been on the show too. I think I said her name, but not her. Yeah, and she has been on uh, the show. I think only Lebowski. I think I would only maybe take Lebowski over T two. Right, there's no, there's no right no, answer. No, there is a right it's, answer. It's a Killing a Chinese kind of. Bookie is a better movie than Terminator 2. Get the fuck out of my face. Then clearly you have not seen Terminator 2. I love Terminator 2. <laughs> Liam, have you I think, seen Terminator 2? I never. I don't even know what it is. Um, I'm Liam. Mike, this has been great. Thank you for having us. Thank uh, you. Thank you for having yeah, us. Thank Mike, you for, awesome. thank you for thank having you. us. Yeah. And, uh, no, no, thank you for having us. Thank you for having us, Mike, on your show. And we'll, yeah, we'll include some info online information you, yeah. on the um on in the show notes i'm liam the meta shut the fuck the meta humans i'm liam billingham i'm george exhausted forgopolis i'm michael carroll this was it was we have very busters <laughs> yay <laughs> answer the call to the dead this i was. love the way mike put out the butt all right uh, or something <laughs>